how is it that we hear them telling us, telling each of us in a language we understand about God's deeds of power? So it says. My more conservative colleagues sometimes pretend that a progressive idea of Christianity is a recent innovation, attempt to be politically correct or something. And that's a strange thought to me because the Bible makes it clear that what we might call a progressive or inclusive vision of Christianity is the idea of Jesus. The idea of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the bringer of justice, the defender of the poor, the befriender of the sexually suspect, the includer of the immigrant, you know, Jesus, the visitor of the incarcerated. And so a progressive and inclusive vision of Christianity is the one that is started by Jesus, and it's fueled by the Holy Spirit, and it really gets going at Pentecost, as we'll see. Pentecost happens. The first Pentecost was this moment of global awareness. It's the day when the Christian faith moved from being the small hope of a limited group of people to a large hope of an unlimited number of people. Pentecost is the moment when the promise implied in John 3:16, John that God so loved the world that God gave Jesus to the world when that promise begins to be fulfilled. Pentecost is the moment when that message of Jesus, that message of universal love and acceptance, that message of universal deliverance from the forces of death and destruction, that message begins to be spread in a wide and worldly way. Because Pentecost makes it clear that the Christian faith is for anyone and everyone. It provides a radically inclusive vision of what the church is meant to be. And it does that in three different ways as we look at the story a little bit more clearly. Pentecost happens first through the inclusive action of the Spirit. Pentecost happens second through an inclusive mix of languages. Pentecost happens third through the inclusive preaching of Peter. And I want to take those one at a time with you this morning. First, we start with the Spirit, of course the Spirit, the main character of the book of Acts. The Spirit shows up in different ways, in three different ways. It blows like the wind, it ignites like fire, and it fills the hearts of the believers. Here's what happens. The followers of Jesus are all together in one place. Luke doesn't say what place, what kind of place, but we know it's a place with windows and walls because when the Spirit shows up like a violent wind, it blows out the windows and it rattles the walls. And this violent wind, this strong wind, this mighty wind, blows the people away. Blows them out of their complacency. Blows them out of their place of comfort, their place of security blows them out of that room that they're in and blows them out into the streets. More on that in a moment. Not just that. The spirit doesn't only appear as wind, it appears as fire. It appears both to everyone and to each of them, and I think that's important. The fire comes to this whole community of faith and it surrounds them and it's among them, 
but then it comes to rest on each of them, a tongue on each of them. And so this community of faith, these timid, maybe reluctant believers who are gathered there are filled with the Spirit, are ignited by the flame of the Spirit, a flame that comes to rest on each of them. More on the fire in two moments. And that leads to the third way the Spirit shows up. It shows up internally in the heart of each person in that room. They feel their hearts strangely warmed, as John Wesley would put it. But they don't keep that to themselves. More on that right now. Because what happens when they hit the streets? They start speaking. They start testifying. They start witnessing. They start telling the story about what God did and what God is doing. And it's not just a preacher testifying. It's not just two annoyingly extroverted people testifying. It's every one of them. It's having found this faith, having been ignited by this spirit, they find they just can't keep the faith. They can't keep the faith. They need to share the faith. So here is the second way that Pentecost happens. It happens because when they go out there and start speaking, everybody in Jerusalem, no matter where they're from, everyone hears them. Here's the good news of God's grace and love and power in a way that they each can understand, in a way that makes sense to each person there, no matter what language they speak, no matter where they're from, no matter their nation or their culture. We sometimes think of the Pentecostal speaking in tongues as speaking in a language nobody understands. But that's far from what actually happens at Pentecost, isn't it? Pentecost happens precisely because the word of God is communicated in a way that each person can understand and make sense of. Pilgrims from Pamphylia and Phrygia, immigrants from Elam and Egypt, aliens from Asia and Ar Arabia, refugees from Rome and Syria and Libya, they can all hear and they can all understand and feel included in this great miraculous work of God. Now, these people didn't all think alike. We know that. They didn't all believe whatever they believed alike. They didn't all practice their faith in the same way. But there was something so compelling and so inclusive in this message of the gospel that it finds a place of resonance in each one of them. And so Pentecost happened. Which brings us to the third and final way that Pentecost happened. Peter gets up to preach. Peter, not the brightest bulb on the tree, not, not the most perceptive or articulate of all the disciples. Peter, you know, the guy more comfortable around fish than he is around people. But. Peter has something to say, and he summons the will and the words to say it. And he reaches into his memory of scripture, of God's word, and he finds the most inclusive description of what God is up to that he could possibly summon. And he says of God, I will pour my spirit upon all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young will have visions. Maybe not all exactly the same vision, but visions inspired by the prodigal passion of God. Your elders will dream dreams. Maybe not all exactly the same dream, but dreams inspired by the wild love and the gratuitous grace of our God. In those days, says Peter, in those days, God will pour out the Spirit, and everybody will be drenched. God will pour out the Spirit, and the Spirit will drench the people with love for each other, with understanding of each other, with compassion for all of humanity and for this loved and abused planet that we share. And maybe, through the Spirit, the word of justice spreads until we become more interested in reforming laws than incarcerating people. And maybe the word of care spreads until it becomes a natural thing to unite to protect our planet. And maybe the word of peace spreads until terrorist killings, whether in London or Portland, Oregon, or Kabul, Afghanistan, or Mindanao in the Philippines, will all become something of the past, something we read about in history books and shake our heads in disbelief. And maybe a word of compassion spreads until we become more willing to spend money on people's health than on weapons that hurt and maim and kill children and adults in places we can't even spell and don't even know, but God knows. Maybe the word of God spreads like that because of people like Peter, because of people like these apostles, because of people like these Eliamites and Libyans and Cretans and Arabs and Asians and Egyptians and Phrygians and Pamphylians, because of people like us, because Pentecost still happens, still happens, if we let it happen. I said I would get back to the fire. Here's the thing about fire. It spreads. It naturally spreads, unless you do something to stop it. Its nature is to spread, and to spread like wildfire. This, this morning I was testing this little fire thing. You know that I like fire. Fire is my friend, <laughs> sometimes. I had it on my table in, the, in my office, and I spilled some fuel on the table, but I cleaned it up right away with paper towels, and I lit the fire thing, and it worked. But then when I lowered the match, the oil on the table caught fire, and I put it out with the paper towels. <laughs> and then the paper towels caught fire, and I threw them on the floor, and I stamped them on the floor, and then the carpet caught fire. What I want to say is, we're worshiping inside this building today, instead of standing outside on the sidewalk staring up at a burned hulk. But it took some work. It took some work to stamp out that fire, to keep that fire from spreading. And you know what? The Word of God acts a little like that. Oh, we do our best to try to limit the word of God. We do our best to get in our own way about spreading this vision of God, this vision of love and justice and compassion. We do our best, but its nature is to spread. Its nature is to spread. We come from all different places today, as we've heard. We come from all different locations, all different countries, and we're together in one place, not unlike those folks at Pentecost 
And you know what? There are more of us than there were of them. And so when we go out to spread the word of God, the word of God will quickly spread like fire throughout the city unless we limit it. Amen? Amen.